Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Good morning, everyone. Please take your seat so we can start. Nice to see you all. Okay. So today, today we decided to add another extra row of chairs at the back. <laughs> but probably we'll take it away next Sunday. So I'll wait you all to sit on the front and then we're going to add chairs at the back. I really feel you are too far away. There is a massive gap in between, but, well, we'll try to do our best. Uh, okay, so, well, first of all, it's nice for me to be back. And, and Anna and the kids, we've just been uh, for the last week uh, to see my in-law uh, in Germany. It went very well. Uh, that's why last Sunday we weren't here in church. We had a good time with them. Uh, it was nice to see Germany again. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, the city of Bonn is something uh, wonderful. If you're... If you're would like to see Germany, you're wondering where to go, I would strongly advise to see Bonn and Köln, it's a beautiful places. And we had a good time, uh, but it's nice now to, uh, to be back with you. It's good to be together in the house of the Lord. Amen, yeah. We are His children, not because of our goodness, of what we, because of what we are, but because of what He has done on the cross for us, yes. We can sit here, we can actually worship him, lift his name up, and we can have fellowship uh, with each other. And I would like to read uh, something before we start in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 21 uh, and 22. And it speaks about our condition before we met Christ and our condition uh, now, yeah, in Christ. So verse 21 starts by saying, you were... Uh, you were, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. We were once alienated from God because of sin, yeah, but now we are without blemish and without any accusation. If you are in Christ this morning, what does it mean to be in Christ? If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you are following Jesus, if the Holy Spirit lives in your life, if you have, uh, if you have uh, called the Lord Jesus Christ to come and forgive your sins, then, you know, the good news for, for you and for me that we are holy in His sight. We are without blemish. We are free from any accusation. So do not let the enemy uh, this morning tell you that you are not worthy, that you, uh, that God is there ready to accuse you, to punish you. God in Christ has forgiven you. You are free from any accusation. And in this freedom, today we want to worship God. Amen. In the, in the, in, in the fact that we know that we are holy in His sight, we want to approach the throne of His grace. So why don't we all stand? And let's just uh, open up our life. And, uh, you know, if it is the first time here at the Harvest Center, please do feel welcome. It's good to see you here, and I, I pray and I, that today the Lord will touch your life as well. 
So dear God, we thank you. We thank you because we are holy. We are without blemish. We are uh, perfect on your, in front of you, Lord, because of what you have done on the cross for us. So we thank you, Jesus, because we can stand here in freedom today, Lord God. We are free to praise you. We are free to worship your name, Lord God, because we've been reconciled to you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, for the wonderful work of salvation that you have done on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord God, because you decided to step down from heaven. You've given all what you had for, our, for the love that you had for us, Lord God. So we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we pray as this morning we're coming together uh, to worship your name, to praise your name. Holy Spirit, we, I pray that you will, you will have your ways in our life, Lord God. That you will uh, uh, touch our life. That you will, uh, uh, you know, plant that seeds in our heart that will bring fruit to your glory, God. We thank you, Lord. And I pray for how many people are here today and they are a heavy burden in their lives because of maybe circumstances, maybe because of health issues, health problems. Or God, there are a few in the, in the church right now. I just want to pray for all of them. You know them all one by one. And we know that you are a God who can heal, who can do the impossible. And we pray, Lord God, that you will touch their lives right now in Jesus' name, Lord God. That you will heal and you will, uh, you will restore, Lord, whatever needs to be uh, repaired in their, in their bodies, Lord God. And we pray for our spiritual life, Lord God. That you will touch each one of us this morning, Lord God. That you will bless each one of us, Lord God. That we will, uh, when we will walk out from this place this morning, we will be uh, forever changed by you, Lord God. Speak to us. We want to open our hearts. We want to open our minds to your work in our life. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, good. Don't, don't know why I brought my phone. I might need that now. <sighs> Hang on. You all had a good week? Oh, some of you obviously didn't. But you're here today. And it's church. And I'm going to bring a word. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready to receive it? You'll wish you hadn't have said that. <laughs> like, who came an hour early? Just to hear the word. Great. I like your optimism. It's great. Father God, we thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. We, pray, we thank you that whenever you send it, it completes what it's meant to be sent for. And Lord, I know you're going to do something with this word. I have no idea what, Lord, but you do. So have your way amongst us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, everybody want a title? God bless this mess. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm being a bit... Let me just... Amen to that one. Someone's, someone's um, read my sermon. So, quite a few years ago, we um, had an outreach called Messy Church. And... Um, we got people from outside to come in, 
and we did arts and crafts and they had a short bit of a Bible story at the end just to get me used to church. And, but it was messy. In fact, the tidying up probably took more time than the setting up and the whole event. But just to say that church is messy. It is a messy place to be. And it's not until you join a church that you actually realise that church is messy. Not this church, of course, because you're all really holy, aren't you? Some people are actually agreeing with me that they're really holy. Um, Obviously, it's not just this church, but the global church is messy. It's a messy place to be. And it's not just been recently. It's been around for years and years and years. If you turn to Galatians, I'm going to give you some examples of how messy it is. Galatians 2, 11 and 13. I'm going to try not to turn around and read them. Because I don't want to be... Not with these glasses on, I can't. Look at that. I can't even read that. No, I like it on a piece of paper. Sorry. <laughs> Just me. Galatians 2, 11 to 13. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, he withstood him face to face because he, <coughs> he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles But when he came, they withdrew and separated himself, fearing that those were of the circumcision. So what sort of person do you think that was? A hypocrite. Believe it or not, there are hypocrites in the church today. Oh, yes. I was one for a while. Especially when you first become a Christian, you do tend to sway between what you say and what you do. But there are hypocrites in the church. And that puts some people off. Acts 6, verse 1. I didn't have time to check on my scriptures today for the obvious reasons which were out there. (laughs) And I've just turned to Acts 1. Acts 6 and verse 1. Now in those days, when the number of disciples were was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews and the Hellenists because their widows were neglected and daily uh, in the daily distribution. What sort of people are they? God's got no partiality. You can't choose one group over another group. In fact, it even links itself to racism. They're in the church today. We choose people that we get on with because they're from a certain background. And we don't meet with others because they're not like us. Not like me, anyway. But it really is about racism 
and ethical practice. Sometimes church ethics are just all over the place. But they're in the church today. Galatians 1. See, you're very quiet because it's really, really unsettling when you hear about the churches. Six and seven. And thank you for, for that, Aaron, uh, Aiden, because I wrote verse six and 67 for him, but it's obviously not there. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. There are people that want to pervert the gospel of Christ. There are false teachers in the church. They want to make a more all-encompassing gospel. One that fits everybody. One that makes you feel good. You know, the gospel that we can make it work for you. God doesn't agree with that, but we'll make it work for you. Because you're a nice person. One Corinthians one, it's not on there. Don't look for it because I didn't put it up there. There are ones that I'm not reading that I'm just quoting. One Corinthians one, ten to seventeen speaks about divisions in the church and people aligning themselves with men. You've heard of church splits. And then people gravitate to the man who's got all the charisma and, and a charismatic personality. And the church suffers. In chapter 5, verse 1, there's sexual immorality in the church. <gasps> he said sexual immorality. In the church. And it's happened here. So don't think we're whiter than white. Because it has happened here. It's in the church. I know it's an exciting sermon so far, isn't it? So some people might see these things and never come to church. Some will leave and give up on Christianity because of these things. Some will stay but not openly associate with the church when they're outside. Some will take offence when they're spiritually disciplined by the leadership and leave. Some will take somebody else's offence and leave. And that's happened more than once at this church because we won't stand for any messing around. Just if you're thinking of messing around, we won't stand for any messing around. Question is this. What do you do? Because it's about us. 
Anybody watch The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Getting a bit lighter now, so you can smile a bit. Anybody? Somebody's watched The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Do you remember that scene when Quasimodo swings down from the bell tower, grabs Esmeralda, Esmeralda off of the where she was about to be executed and whisks her back up to the top of the, the church and shouts, Sanctuary! I could do the voice, but Sanctuary! Wasn't bad, was it? What's her, what's her response at first when she's up there with him? She can't look at him, she can't stand him. It's horrible. She can't go near him, she's afraid of him. And I think that's what we're like when we see the church in a mess. We can't look at it. But gradually, she sees past the ugliness and she sees the goodness in him. So how do we go about seeing past all the ugliness? Because basically we're all a bunch of sinners. So there's going to be ugliness. There's going to be ugliness in the church. Philippians 4 and verse 8 says, Far too far. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, I'm not saying you should ignore all the sinful things. But we should endeavour to accept that there's going to be sin, there's going to be ugliness. And then we should try to draw in each other into a relationship with God, that the one that he desires. Repentance and reconciliation. It's better to be in a place of safety, like Esmeralda, than on the execution block of the world outside. So you're better to be in here with all its ugliness than to be out in the world. Now Romans 8.29 and 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 say this, that we are being made into the image of God. Paraphrased, or really shortly. And that's here and now, today, at this very second. From one degree of glory to the next, we are to represent God's image on earth. I mean, grow long hair and a beard, especially you ladies. But in character, we're meant to be like God. We're meant to be like Jesus. 
now we're getting to where we want to be. Ephesians 5, 22 to 30. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife and also the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the water of the washing of the word, or the washing of the water of the word, if I read it in the right order, that he might present her to him a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or anything or any such thing, that she would be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. I thought that was about husbands and wives, everybody said. Verse 25. I'm going to read each one again. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Are you going to give yourself up for the church regardless of the mess? Because that's being Christ-like. That's what Jesus would still do. Verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the water of the washing of the word. I know churches where some people come for the worship and then go to the toilet and never return until the word's finished. I also know the other way around, that people don't come for the worship and just come for the word because they like. But we need to encourage each other, not just to listen to the word and hear the word, but to be in the word. Because that's what God wants. Jesus wants us to be in the word. Why? Because it brings cleansing. It brings cleansing. Verse 27 that we should be with spotless, without spot or wrinkle. We should desire to present not our own bodies, but this body, because this is the only one we really have control of, but we should play, pray for the world global church, that they may be the same. We should desire that the church be spotless. It never will be, but it should be our desire that church is like that. So I'm, I'm looking at you and I can't see anybody. So. I'm off, I'm off. Verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Wow. Look at someone 
suppose I'll look at everybody if you like. This is your flesh. This is your flesh. In fact, the global church, because it's church, it's God's church, is your flesh. And sometimes we badmouth other churches because, because of what they're doing and what they believe and they don't agree with us. And but the global church is our, our flesh. We need to feed it, to cherish it, to nourish it. We should long for the church to be in right standing with God no matter what church it is. So now, how can we actually be church? Firstly, when you leave this building, you're still church. Because we tend to say, I'm going to church. I'm going home and leaving church behind. But church is the people. Church is the congregation. I had a bit of a, a Hebrew moment going on, but I've, um, I didn't write it down. But um, so just because just because your location changes doesn't mean you don't you aren't still church. If I take a taxi, drive it into the bus depot, doesn't become a bus. It's still a taxi. If I park my car in the taxi rank, I'll probably get a fine, but I'm not a taxi. I'm still a car. Not me, personally. The car is. But no matter where you are, you are still church. You are still church. John 13 and 35. Is everybody all right? Is it too heavy? Do you want me to do a dance to cheer you up a bit? <laughs> I'll do a dance as well. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love, one for another. Now that's a very well-known Bible verse. But when you're in church, and we can, we can express our love, yeah, we can show our love, but do we really? Do we really love the church? Do we really love the body of Christ? Would we do like it said in, in Ephesians? Would we give ourselves up for the church? Would we give ourselves? Would you lay down your life for somebody? We need to learn to really love the church. Not just individually, but as a body. Really, really love it. Ephesians 4, 32. And my wife's going to quote. Be kind. We used to teach our children. We, we, well, when they hurt one of the other children, we'd, they'd stand and read this. 
scripture. Ephesians 4, they would stand and read the scriptures so they know how they were supposed to act. It didn't turn around. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God has forgiven you. Sometimes when we see ugliness in the church, because it's in the church, we get all holy and upright and forthright and, and, and we're not as merciful as we could be. And we're not as gracious as we could be. It's not that we're not going to correct, but there's a way of doing it. And we need to make sure that we, that this heart is gracious and merciful, kind to one another, tender-hearted, loving one another. You know the words, one another? They appear a hundred times in the New Testament. And 59 times, it's about how we should relate to one another. How would we relate to our, how we relate to each other? There's a bit of homework for you. Go and look at all the one another's and just see how we're supposed to relate to one another. Makes interesting reading. How else can we be church? John 3, 20, John 4, 23 and 24, sorry, Aidan, nearly got you up. God is looking for people to worship him in truth. We need to worship together. We think we, we come here together and we worship and when we go around someone's house, we chat, we have a meal, which is great, but have you ever put some music on, just sat down and raised your hand? Oh, I've never. Ever, that I can remember. Not outside of a home group setting. Have I ever sat and I've invited people around for dinner and we've had a meal and then we just put worship on and we just... What would that do to your life? Because that's not being church just here. It's church out there. When your neighbours can hear you shouting and hollering because God's great. Good reason not to buy detached house. Hey? Worship is so important. And Ephesians 5, 19 to 20 say, Come with harm, psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to each other. See, worship's so important because this. At that one point, apart from today when I had three children, we're all focused on the same thing. We're forgetting everything else. Our eyes are on Jesus. And at that point, we're all of one accord. We're all in unity. 
and the ugliness just melts away. So desire worship. Desire worship because that's when God's free to move the most. Acts 2 and 42, and they continued. I love the fact that you've all, you're all reading it already. <laughs> and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and breaking of bread, and in prayers. And Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not forsake meeting together as some do fellowship is key to a church too many people get lost in church get left out and all of a sudden you go oh i haven't seen this person for a few weeks and they've gone and they've joined the church down the road or they've just slipped away totally fellowship is key to the church Life in church is actually being a family. It's what the church is. It's where we learn to serve. To serve the ugliness and the people that are sinful. To express God's love to the ugliness and the sinful. To share meals together with the ugliness and the sinful. To talk about the word, to talk about Jesus, to talk about God. That is the church. Right. This is for all you people at home. Don't go make a cup of tea, but you lot can listen as well. Prop timely. I'm just wandering off camera. Hang on. Am I still on? Don't, don't think I'm going to play the guitar because I've got no idea. I'm going to plug it in so it makes a noise. Okay. I haven't got a strap, so... And I, don't, I don't even know if it's in tune. Okay, so that's... Mute button. That one? No. Oh, is it? Hang on. Oh. Is it supposed to go red when it's not muted? Not muted. Oh, uh, there's um. Come on, Rob. Oh, I'm going to tell him I'm, I'm not newfangled gadgets and stuff. Oh, it just needs a little more volume, that's all. Okay. All right. Oh. 
nearly tripped myself over. But after all that, are you still watching at home? Good. Are you a Christian? Oh, for those of you who don't know guitar nomenclature, it's a long word, but we use it at work. It's, a, it's about what, what's a guitar, basically. This is the head, neck, body. How many of you are going around the world and you get saved? Oh. And you get connected to God. He's the head. And then you're there. Oh, that's it then. That's it. I'm just connected to God. What do I do now? Oh, I'm just I'm I'm saved. I'm connected to God. That's good enough, isn't it? Oh. Well. Well. So, you're struggling, just connected to God, to find any purpose at all. You just thought life would be different when I became a Christian. I feel a little bit different, but but what happens when you connect with the church? This isn't the right string for this, by the way. This one I nicked from an old guitar. Right, so you, you join a church, and suddenly you start to feel part of something. Oh, what's going on here? But still, you don't have much purpose, just connected. Are you getting to know some people? I'll deal away with that for now. Right. So there you are. You're connected to God and you're connected to church. And I'm getting tangled up. So you feel part of something ish. But really you can't really find a purpose you feel can't but then all of a sudden you start listening to some word you start worshipping and all of a sudden not bad Oh, that's horrible. See, God stretches you when you're in church. If you're not in church, you have no purpose. You can't relate to anybody. You need to be in church to get stretched. Connect to the head, connect to a body. The Holy Spirit holds you in tension between heaven and earth. Yeah? And God can use you to create harmony. Not distortion, Stephen. Harmony. Harmony. And when we work together, that's more than a few strings. Oh, no. We can create harmony together. But it's about being church. You can't not be in church and be 
Christian because it's where God uses you. And if you think you're too ugly to be in church and you're too sinful to be in church, then you're not because this is where you get stretched and mended and healed. Okay, let's get rid of this before I lose my earpiece. I'll mute first, mute first, mute first. Oh, it's already muted. No. Uh, the big square one. I think I've done it. Hang on. Yes. <gasps> well, well done, Lee. <laughs> Where are we? Okay. So you create harmony and you're working together. When you start creating harmony and working together, there's a chance, because you're close to people, you will see even more ugliness. And it gets messier, because people are people. And we don't all get on sometimes. But out of that ugliness and out of that, that messiness, God can create harmony. Now, we've learned how to be church. But we still have to do something. So when we start working in harmony, putting the ugliness aside, Matthew 8, 19 and 20, you can go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because the ugliness doesn't matter. It's them. It's the lost that matters. It's not, oh, I can't work with you because I'm offended or because I've seen what you do outside of church and I'm not, I can't work, I can't reconcile the two. It's no, let's put that aside. Let's work to, together for the gospel. It's more than just telling the good news though. It's being the good news Matthew 10 and 8 says this, Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Thank you for the applause, Jamie. Because we should be excited that we can do that when we are church, working in harmony. If you're in another country and you get in a little bit of trouble, where do you go? To the embassy. Why? Because the laws of that embassy are the laws of the country where you come from. And you know that you will get just treatment. We are God's embassy on earth. We should be telling the lost that, hey, here you can find sanctuary. Here you can find a place to be, to live. To get out of this troubled world. Nearly done. Matthew. 
16. Sixteen to nineteen. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the kings of the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Firstly, who's going to build his church? Yeah, he's not talking about Peter when he says, oh, on this rock I will build my church. He's talking about the answer that Peter gave. You are the Christ. On Jesus, on this rock, Jesus, I will build my church. And where's Satan? He's at the gates. He's at the gates of hell. Remember in the Old Testament, the elders used to gather at the gate. What did they used to do at the gate? They used to pass judgment, make laws. And Jesus has given us the keys to the church. I give you the keys to the kingdom. You see, Satan goes round. Oh, notice this, by the way. Gates are plural. Keys are plural. Many gates, many keys. Whatever Satan comes up with, whatever he does, he just go up and go, now come in here. Come into the church. You're sick? Come into the church. We know someone that can heal you. You're depressed? Come into the church. We know someone that can heal your depression to help you through. God has given us the keys. Satan tries to bind up people and we have the means to release them. Because God, Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom. And the keys to the kingdom are for releasing people. That's me virtually done. That's when we can be the church. When we're in harmony, when we're all here, putting aside the ugliness, looking at what's good, focusing on the on lost, focusing on Jesus, our eyes turn to God. That's when we can be the church. We should cherish her. We should love the church. We should desire for the church to be right with God. We should want to see it spotless and, and holy without wrinkle. We are imperfect people trying to live a perfect life. And that's quite a good definition of the church. So if we can learn to cherish the church with all its ugliness, then 
God can really bless this mess and do something absolutely miraculous. Not just here, not just in Vanden, but in this nation and in this world. So let's endeavour to put aside all those things and just focus on what is good, what is true, what is righteous. Let's try and get in a place where we can work in harmony. And for you at home, whether you're in your bed because you're sick, doesn't mean you can't be affiliated to a church. Doesn't mean you can't have people come round to do worship. Doesn't mean you can't talk to people about the word. Get with a church. Get with someone who can help you. Be church. From your bed. Amen. Amen. Do you think we should pray? We should pray. Father God, and we do thank you for the sick, Lord Jesus. And we do believe even now, at this very moment, those at home that we know of, you can make well. We thank you for Ken those at home, Lord Jesus, with a gastric problem, Lord Jesus. Father God, we pray now that your Holy Spirit would come and just touch him, Lord Jesus, and turn that around, Lord Jesus. Father God, and I long to see him, Lord Jesus, back at the front, doing his little hop because he's so excited about you, Lord. So, Father God, make a way, Lord Jesus. Father God, we thank of Peter and June, Lord Jesus. Father God, that you would just draw near to them, Lord, that such peace would flood their hearts, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, we thank you for them. They're still part of this church, and we desire for them to be whole, Lord Jesus. For Julie, Lord Jesus, at home, Lord. Father, she's got dementia, Lord Jesus. I pray, pray, Lord Jesus, that her mind would be your mind, Lord Jesus. Even in all her muddledness, Lord, and the mess of her mind, Lord, you would bring harmony to her thoughts, Lord Jesus. And Father God, that she would be made whole. And if there's anybody who's not a Christian today, And you're in a mess out there. Our mess is just a little bit easier to live with. So come and join us. Come and ask Jesus into your life. Come and see what he will do. Because until you do it, you'll never know. You'll never know if you don't ask him. Don't live in regret. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make your mind up. Come to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, when, uh, when God wants to stretch you in the church, 
Sometimes it can be a bit painful. You feel like, Lord, why are you stretching me? But yet, this is the only way then uh, for you to be able to play a melody, to play the right note that goes according to what God has in mind for your life and for this place. And, uh, you know, God will never stretch anybody to the point when you will break, because you can break a string. But He will stretch you at the right point for you to uh, be able to sound the note that you were designed uh, to, to, to sound and then that purpose that God has for you. And then together to send, to sing, to play a melody to the Lord. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel that oh, to be stretched is not nice, let God, trust God, trust the process. Allow God to change your life. Allow God to, to do in your life what he has in mind for you, which is something beautiful and something wonderful for your life. So dear God, we thank you for today. Thank you because you reminded us about how important it is to, uh, for us to come together to a fellowship. We were never designed, we were never meant to be on our own, but we were designed by you to work together and to be together in fellowship, Lord God. So I pray for how many people are struggling with this, Lord God, how many people perhaps in the last um, time or years of their life, they kind of detached themselves uh, from church. They started just to be on their own. Uh, Holy Spirit, I just want to pray that you will bring them back among us here or whatever other church, you know, they belong to. You see, the enemy will always try to isolate you. Because when you are on your own, you are vulnerable. And sooner than later, you will find yourself lost. You will not be able to recognize anymore the voice of God. You will, you will kind of be lost. But God wants to bring you back into fellowship with other children of God so that together we can shape each other, we can encourage each other, we can pick us up, you know, one another when we fall down, someone is there ready to pick you up and we can walk together and we can serve together this wonderful mission that God has given us as the Harvest Center here in Brandon and the surrounding villages or wherever you belong to. So dear God, we thank you for this. We thank you for your word today. We pray, Lord God, for the week ahead. We pray that you will be with us. And as we already said multiple times today, uh, we just want to pray for the people who are struggling. Uh, there are different people in the church with different uh, health issues, Lord God. We pray for your healing end to be uh, stretched over their bodies, Lord God. They will be able to, uh, to believe that you... Uh, really want to uh, heal them and give and, and you have you have the power to change any kind of situation Lord God so just want to pray for them and we pray as well for next Saturday Lord God uh, this uh, bonfire night Lord God is always very populated we pray for uh, for dry weather first of all um, and as well we pray for safety and as well the people that will come here give us the possibility to build a connection with them and somehow one way or another to shine the light your light to them. So we thank you, God, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 God bless you, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday and Saturday at the outreach. And for those who are attending the Wednesday Bible study, it's still on. We'll see you on Wednesday.